Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey there, tech stuff listeners. This is Jonathan Strickland, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something cool going on at How Stuff Works right now. I know all of you guys are really creative and you love technology. Well, now you can show us what you're made of because Toyota is sponsoring a new photo upload widget over at HowStuffWorks.com. You can share your gadget ideas, modifications, hacks, some great tech ideas. Show us what you're made of. Let us know how creative you are. You can go to www.how stuffworks.com slash upgrade your tech and upload those photos now. We want to see what you got. Get in touch with technology with tech stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. And I want to warn you all, today's episode may be graphic. That's correct. It's about graphics cards. We have received lots of questions and requests for us to do an episode about graphics cards, some of which hounded us through multiple forms of media. And so today, you get your wish. We're going to talk about graphics cards. These are the things that got me into console gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. No, so, Chris, you and I remember, I mean, we were were both using computers during the 90s when there was the the kind of uh, revolution in personal computers where an, an independent... Secondary graphics card became a necessity if you wanted to stay up to date with the latest games that were coming out. Yeah, I remember with my very first Amiga how they would talk about there were there secondary chips on the motherboard that would yes. handle additional operations, not mm-hmm. just the one processor. And I think um, it probably seems silly to a lot of us now. Like, oh, well, of course, you know, that would be important. But, you know, as computing has gone on, we've realized some that although you have, you know, Moore's Law, which basically just, you know, talks about computing power uh, growing exponentially. And you say, well, OK, you know, you've got more and more powerful computers. But we've realized over that time, too, that although you may have uh, more powerful processors, dividing tasks up between multiple processors is a better way to compute because you can accomplish more when you divide up time. these jobs yeah. and uh uh you know it's it's more efficient that way it's it's very simple yeah so a graphics card job essentially is to really manipulate computer memory at a very rapid rate so that Information coming in can be uh, converted into graphic information that's going to be displayed upon a monitor of some sort. Yeah, and it's, it's almost its own computer. Yeah, it's 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 its own processor certainly. Yes, and the idea is that this takes some of that burden from the CPU and it shoulders it itself so that the CPU can um, sort of become like a manager. The CPU sends the instructions to the GPU, which then takes care of. Uh, calculations and and it's it's designed to do that in a very streamlined fast way and part of that design is this idea of parallelism which is what chris was talking about where you have uh your your chip created in such a way to process sets of instructions in parallel with each other uh because those different sets of instructions don't depend directly on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about a computer problem, 
one type of computer problem could be an ongoing uh, calculation where the outcome of the previous calculation determines what the next calculation will be, mm-hmm. right? So we'll just say that for the first calculation, we're going to do something really simple. Just for example, say that the first calculation is 2 plus 2 and the, the, the output is 4. Mm-hmm. And then the 4 from that first calculation is used in the second calculation where you have another variable. We'll, we'll say that for the purposes of this problem, that variable is going to be 8. And whatever the product, the, whatever the sum is from that first calculation gets added to 8. So the, the second calculation depends upon the outcome of the first one. So 2 plus 2 is 4. Oh, well now I've got the, the sum of that first calculation 4. I can now add that to 8 to get 12 and so on and so forth. Well, with all those calculations depending upon one another, having a single processor makes sense. You can't really divide that up because you don't know what the outcome is going to be of a previous calculation. So you can't move forward until you get that. Right. But there are other computer problems, which we have talked about several times on this podcast, that you can divide up because they are not uh, interdependent that way mm-hmm. and have a processor or several processors work on that prob- on those problems and the outcome ends up creating whatever it is you need. And um, in that case, the GPU design was meant to do that. So we had parallel processors with GPUs well before you started seeing multi-cores in uh, consumer computers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, I, if you run across computers that offer perpendicular processing, I don't recommend it. it they, I, I wasted a lot of money once. Anyway. You're being so obtuse. <laughs> um, actually, when you look at the parts of a graphics card um, – Again, they seem rather, you know, common sense. You've got a graphics card is its own motherboard. Yeah. It has a, its own processor on it. Um, and its own memory. Um, you may actually see, you know, specifications. I remember seeing specifications for how much, uh, VRAM, video RAM or, yeah. or, uh, graphics memory. Yeah. Um, that's all part of what you see on the graphics card. And, and some graphics cards are, you know, customizable. You can, you can add memory. Um, Depends on your computer, of course, and uh, and all of that. But, yeah, and um, also depend your your the type of graphics card you use depends heavily upon the kind of motherboard your computer has. That's true. That's um, true. Not all motherboards can support all graphics cards. It mm-hmm. depends on, especially if you have an older computer. There comes a point with older computers where uh, the newest uh, video cards just the old motherboards can't support them. Mm-hmm. So. That's one thing to keep in mind that the motherboard, your, your computer's motherboard has a, a, you know, a shelf life really. And at some point it does become obsolete, at least in comparison to the latest hardware that comes or the latest components that are out on the market. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, uh, well, I can't think of a computer that doesn't have a video output of some kind on it, even, even laptops or, uh, uh, ultra books, you know. Things that, that are designed to have fewer ports and things because it's streamlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even those machines generally have um, uh, some kind of video output. Of course, uh, the main one on those would be at their own screen. But um, coming off of the graphics card, you need to uh, to be able to display the results. Yep. So uh, you know they'll they'll generally have some kind of connector. Um, and of course, uh, key to this all is your operating system mm-hmm. because your operating system is. Uh, what is doing 
basically the traffic management. Yeah. So let's say uh, probably the the main reason we talk about graphics cards these days uh, are for you know really three things: games, um, high resolution uh, video editing, or uh, or you know graphics photo editing. You know, those are the reasons we really talk about the the graphics card. I mean, if you say, yeah, I'm going to surf the web on my computer, you don't go, yeah, but what kind of graphics card you got, man? I, I will add I will add a fourth. A fourth? Yeah, which has nothing to do with graphics. Okay. It's what people have started to use GPUs to do. Well, I figured we'd talk about that later. Which goes back to the parallel processing. So the fourth one, I would say, is parallel processing that does not necessarily go back to video processing. True. So, and that can be for lots of different stuff. I know specifically which one you're thinking about, but it, cause we did our, our episode on, on, uh, password security and talked about how GPUs have been used to help, uh, crack passwords mm-hmm. through brute force attacks, but they can also be used to do other parallel processing, not just, you know, cryptography. No, that, that's true because, um, well, actually, uh, we had talked about it on our, our, um, podcast about, about the Mac OS X uh, Snow Leopard. Yeah. One of the changes was that they added the ability to uh, um, send instructions. And that's really what I was sort of getting at with the uh, the operating system is, you know, it's let's say you're playing a game and, uh, you know, you have the game itself, the instructions that are going out about where your character is and where it's moving across the screen. And it's sending other instructions about how to render that on the screen mm-hmm. to the graphics processor card, which takes care of computation for things like the number of polygons that you see on the screen. Right. Um, how fast those, that information can be displayed. So they, they work in concert through the, the help of the operating system to, uh, manage the rest of the stuff and the graphics specific stuff with the, the two different, uh, the two different cards. And, um, Mac OS 10 is able in the newer incarnations of the operating system is able to, uh, um, and I, I assume that's true for newer versions of Windows and Linux as well as, uh, you know, able to send instructions to the graphics card. So let's say you are surfing the web and, Maybe you have a music playing on, uh, you know, music player service and you got email going on and, uh, you know, five or ten other little things going on in the background, your calendar software. Um, your graphics card may not be working overtime. So the processing, uh, you know, the, the uh, operating system goes, hey, since you're not busy, yeah. can you handle some of these other instructions? Kind of take can a load you, off. Can you help me move this couch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it goes in and <laughs> helps move the couch um so to speak and uh, take some of the load off the main processor which uh, which is ingenious that uh, any operating system would be able to do that yeah. um and it just so happens i know about that one uh because we were talking about it in that but uh you know the uh, operating systems have become so much more sophisticated and to be able to take advantage of that specifically um to take a load off of the main processor is is excellent the the things that determine how fast a graphics card is uh, it's more than just the GPU clock speed of the processor. So keep in mind, the heart of this graphics card is a processor we call the GPU. Mm-hmm. The graphics, graphics processing, processing unit. unit. And, and it's, a, it's very similar to a CPU. I mean, that its job is to crunch data. It's just in this case, most of the time that data has to do with rendering graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, so the clock speed is definitely important. And clock speed, of course, that's, Generally speaking, the number of instructions a uh, a CPU can carry out within a second. 
that's the the number of cycles. Because keeping in mind that when I say instruction, really instruct it's really cycles, and some instructions require multiple cycles to complete. I want to make sure I get that out before people are like, well, you know, actually. And people are going to mention the fact that uh, processors can be overclocked or underclocked. Yeah. yeah, that that speed is a rating that the manufacturer gives it that basically says. This will operate the way we've set it up on this board. It will operate at this speed. It's gonna and it's a safe speed. That's yeah. not going to cause the processor to, processor to overheat. It, yeah, it falls you know. it falls within certain operating parameters exactly. that are considered to be uh, optimal for that system. So yeah, it's the rated speed. Yeah, and and just like CPUs, you can overclock GPUs absolutely if you want to. In fact, there are a lot of video gamers out there. That's what they do. Uh, so that's one thing that determines how fast a video graphics card is able to handle graphics. But that's not the only thing because you also have to worry about getting information to and from that, uh, that, that processor. So the size of the memory bus is really important. Oh, yes. The memory bus, this is kind of, you can think of that as sort of like the highway between the memory and the processor. And you want a nice wide highway so that you can shove as much data toward that processor as possible. Because the processor, if it's really fast and is able to handle a lot of instructions, that doesn't matter so much if it can't get the data it needs fast enough. It may just be that, yeah, I'm super smart, but you're giving me math problems at a rate that is you know, nowhere near my capacity. And so a lot of this power is going to waste. Mm -hmm. So the memory bus is a very important part of that equation. Yeah, it's You're smirking. Funny. No, because you, you, you said the memory bus is, is like the oh, highway. The highway. And that, well, and, and that's the funny part about that is if you're thinking about it in terms, if that, if you made that visual connection too, it's not, um, it really is the bus is the connection itself, not yes, the, uh, it's the not, vehicle. Yes. By which it's because I was actually goes. thinking of bus and what in the term. It's just funny I was thinking of it in, my, in the right context, not in the vehicular one. No, I know. Um, I just wanted to make that clear for them. But also other things that, that determine the speed include the amount of available memory. Mm-hmm. So uh, that onboard memory that's on that graphics card plays a big part. That's just that's just as true in your computer for general computing purposes. You know, Your computer needs a good amount of memory so the CPU does not have to constantly look for the information within your system's hard drive. That slows things down. So keeping more and more data in memory means the CPU doesn't have to uh, consult the hard drive so much and it, things just move at a faster clip. Yeah. Very important when you're rendering graphics because, you know, you want to be able to render graphics at a really good speed. Humans, like in general, 25 frames per second, that's a good speed for us. It's hard for us to detect uh, problems at anything that's faster than that. But for high, you know, really action-oriented video games with lots of high-speed stuff, yeah. 60 frames per second is generally considered that's your goal. You want to hit 60 frames per second because you're not going to have too much blurring or artifacts or other problems if you're able to display information at that speed. And uh, and so that's really important as well. Mm-hmm. The, the memory clock rate is also important, memory bandwidth, um, and uh, if you're using an ancient system, RAMDAC speed. Mm. So RAMDAC, that's uh, when when the processor is handling this information, it's all digital, right? Right. It's all ones and zeros. Some of us who have older computer systems may have a display that's not digital. 
we might have an analog display, right? Which mm-hmm. means you have to convert those signals from digital to analog. That's what the RAM DAC's job is. But these days, most displays are digital. If you were to go out and buy a system now, it would be it would have a digital display. Analog just doesn't really that's not a thing anymore. So it's really for people who have older systems they would have to worry about the RAM DAC issue. In fact, I'm sure that it's being phased out of almost everything at this point because uh I mean, you know, why would you be using the solar monitor when you could go out and get a new display? Tune in this Apart week as Captain Atomic things. takes on the evil of Ramdak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different, different Ramdak. Yes. Um, he will phase him out. So, and like you were saying, the, the job of this is to, 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 to the, the job that we were intending graphics cards to do, I should say, was to render graphics. And, uh, so like the polygon issue, that's generally speaking, it tends to be, um, triangles. Yes. Second, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and these these little b tiny triangles are what make up the various surfaces you see in represented in computer graphics. Yeah, we're we're talking primarily three dimensional type stuff. Yeah, three D graphics, so that there's at least an illusion of depth. In fact, that's really where the graphics cards came out of. You know, um, before that, you might have a GPU in a computer, but it would be. Uh, incorporated directly onto the motherboard. It wasn't yeah. an additional card. Like you said, the Amiga had them. Yeah. The Amiga was one of the earliest systems to have its own GPU. Uh, before that, you could have graphics that were vector-based graphics. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, the video game Asteroids was vector-based graphics. And, oh, yeah. And Tempest. Yeah, these are games. Battlezone. Uh, vector, vector versus raster Star is what Wars. we're talking about here. Yes. <laughs> I love those. We can stop giving examples. <laughs> but I guess it helps to explain what the difference is between vector graphics and raster graphics. Yeah, um, vector gra- graphics are mathematical. Yeah. They're, they're like line art. Exactly. It's, it's geometrical shapes that are based on mathematic, uh, uh, calculations. So these are lines and curves, uh, points. They can be shapes like polygons. And uh, the nice thing about vector graphics is they are really scalable. Yes. You can, you, you de- it's dependent upon what your machine can do, not dependent upon the file. Uh, so in other words, you can – a vector graphic at a certain size is going to look just as good or not as good as it will be at a size many, many, many times larger than that. It all depends on the equipment, not on the graphics file. Well, yeah. Now, now a raster graphic or bitmapped graphic yes. um, is made up of – basically made up of little dots. Yeah. And um, that's the way our 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 uh, printers work. That's the way our displays work. So this is raster graphics. That's much more uh, common. Yeah. So, well, if you, if you talk about uh, – a good example, I think, for uh, what you were mentioning was uh, photos. Yeah. If you've ever taken a photo, put on your computer and decided you wanted to blow it up, you may notice that it starts to look rather grainy. Yeah, or and, blocky. And, yeah, or blocky. You can see little sharp angles where the um which you know the outlines of the pixels really. Yeah, and and th- and what it's doing is the computer is basically having to make up information in between the little dots of information that came with the picture. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's going well. That's kind of green, and this kind of orange. So I'll, I'll split fudge. the difference. Yeah. 
And, uh, and uh, you know, when you make something smaller, it's easy because it, you're compressing the in- information. It can go, oh, well, I don't need these pixels, so I'll toss them out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things that you can always shrink a photo without distorting it. Yeah. But expanding it is a different question. And, they and are resolution graphics. Vector graphics aren't like that because yep. when you blow something up, it goes, oh, well, basically it's this point and that point. I'll, you know, do the math. It looks fine. So the games and stuff that we play, those are raster graphics. That's yes. where we've got those, those images that are made up of pixels. So, um, you know, that's trying to create a, a, uh, a detailed Graphic representation of a character, mm-hmm. uh, especially a character that's in motion and doing lots of stuff at a at a good frame rate, that's that's a pretty intensive process as far as processing power is concerned, um, and that's why we had companies start to develop graphics cards to help take this load off the onboard graphics chips that computers had because they just weren't up to the task of processing that amount of information. Which meant that if you went out and you had a regular PC, off-the-shelf PC, no additional graphics card uh, other than what the onboard graphics card was, uh, and you come home, plug it in, and you load up that first-person shooter game that's brand new, it would not run very well. You would have to run it at a very low detail quality so that it's having to do fewer polygons on the screen at a time because it just didn't have the processing power to keep up. Uh, or you'd have to really, and or you'd have to really reduce the frame rate so that the actual experience is not as smooth or uh, pleasant. And you might think, wow, this is a terrible game. But really it's because the hardware you're running it on isn't up to the task of running the game at the, the, the experience that the game developers intended. So the graphics cards were what allowed you to plug it in, usually in a, well, back in the day it was PCI or, um, what AGP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the two card slots you would plug them into. Today, it's PCI Express almost exclusively, mm-hmm. um, where which has got a, a it's it's a more efficient and uh, faster way of transferring information from a card to the motherboard and uh, and out to a display. So you would plug you would plug this in and it was designed to be pretty easy i mean relatively speaking you're not soldering or anything opening up a computer case sliding a card in an expansion slot uh screwing it tight so that it's not going to wiggle in the the case close it back up plug in your uh your peripherals and you're good to go mm-hmm. uh it's a little more complicated now because if you're getting a state of the art fastest possible processor you can get for a GPU, especially if you're getting two of them, because there are a lot of motherboards out there now that support dual graphics cards. Um, some of these are so powerful that they require more power than what the motherboard can supply. More power. Yeah. So they have to plug into your computer's actual power supply, not the motherboard. And uh, particularly if they are so powerful that they have their own onboard fans, uh, the fan used to help distribute the hot air so that the processor does not overheat. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the problems that uh, that prevent high-end graphics cards from being included with some laptops, which yeah. is simply because uh, it's easier to put in a high-end graphics card that requires its own fan in a 
tower case, really, yeah. a tower uh, desktop computer case because there's simply more room for it. Yep. Um, less room on a laptop in general, uh, less ability to find a way to disperse that extra heat. So yeah. not only are you dealing with the uh, the main central processing unit, CPU, you're also dealing with the GPU and you're going, wow, this is going to burn someone's legs off when they right. put it on their lap Yeah, because I don't really gonna, have a good way to disperse this heat. Or it's going to cause the machine to shut down after 20 minutes of working. Which is uh, probably not quite as bad as burning somebody, but no, uh, it's a serious problem. Irritating, but not uh, disfiguring. So True. there's that. You can take that home. But um, – but yeah, I mean, and and uh, also easier to uh, to get into a uh, a desktop machine to swap a card or add a card. Yeah. Um, as you were pointing out, some you know support multiple. Um, than it would be necessarily with a uh, a laptop, especially something like an ultrabook that is put together just so so that it makes that nice slim form factor. Yeah, those carry. are pretty much you're you're out of luck there. So um, um, the. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's the 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 graphics cards tend to be more of a desktop type of uh component than laptop. And I mean it for for the reasons you you pointed out um which is also one of the reasons why uh serious hardcore video gamers on the PC tend to prefer desktop uh setups rather than a laptop because yeah. even if you go out and you buy a state-of-the-art gaming laptop right now for thousands of dollars, and it might it might right now rival the best desktop computers out there. The advantage the desktop computers have is that, in general, their machines are much more uh, customizable and easily modified than laptops. Mm-hmm. There, I'm sure there are exceptions out there, but that's the general rule, and it's a pretty safe one because it's just it tends to be a lot easier to fiddle with stuff that's inside the desktop case because you've got a lot more space there than you do with a laptop. There may be cards that a laptop just physically cannot accommodate because there's just not the room. And if you've seen some of these video cards, it's not hard to imagine because some of them look like they are, you know, some of them look like they came straight out of a video game. Mm -hmm. Like this looks like it's a magazine clip for a futuristic machine gun or something. Uh, some of them I'm like, wow, I don't know that I have a computer pretty enough to install this thing in. And in fact, some of them I would argue the, the design here, they've created an aesthetic for the video card, which never used to be a concern, right? These were yeah. cards that just fit inside a computer case. You never saw them unless you had to open the case. But now we've got these cases that have exposed sides. So suddenly the aesthetic design of the graphics card has become a consideration. Well, also, um, people who play a lot of, uh, I, I would argue this is probably the case for, uh, hardcore serious gamers too is it's nice that it looks cool because you're buying this, you know, updated graphics card that's going to be able to do all this extra pixel rendering and, you know, you want it to look cool. Yeah, and some of these graphics cards cost as much or more than video game consoles, which Mm -hmm. brings me back to the whole thing about saying, you know, video cards are what made me a console gamer. Uh, It's not quite as simple as that, but it is very close in the sense that I saw that, uh, you know, because I, I, I was there when the video game cards, the standalone graphics cards, started to become a thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I could see that within six months to a year, the cards that had been out on the market were no longer able to run the most current games 
at their ideal settings. And that was a pretty rough wake-up call to me, saying that even if I had saved up the money to buy a video card for my computer and I had swapped it out and I thought, wow, this is an amazing experience, six months to a year down the road, uh, I would feel like I'd have to do that all over again just to keep up with the video games that were coming out at that time. Right, right. It's a constant cycle or can be a constant cycle of needing – more memory and a new processor and a new graphics processor right. with more memory yeah, and having you, to upgrade one or the other or all of the above. Right. You you eventually get to a point, like we said, where the it's motherboard expensive. can't support the latest graphics card. Then yeah. you're like, all right, now i got to get a new uh, – entirely new system. Yep. Uh, and so now if I were the kind of person who I was constantly building computers, that might not be as big a deal because I could you know replace components as I needed to. And one can argue that maybe through the lifetime of a video game PC, you spend less money than you would with a console game, depending upon how much gaming you do, because console games do tend to be more expensive, and they do tend to be more expensive for longer than PC games. Yep. PC games get marked down, generally speaking, faster than console games do. Yep. So there, there is an argument to be made that you could save money over the long term if you are an avid gamer. You buy a lot of games. Uh, if you go with a PC gaming rig, especially if you decide to build one yourself as opposed to buying something that was customized off the shelf, like if you actually go out and get the components. Um, yeah, it also gives the developer a, a little bit of an added advantage too, because if they're developing a title for say the PlayStation Three, they know exactly what kind of graphics card is in there. Yeah. And so they can play to its strengths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually that was a real problem early on too is that you would get games that would be compatible with certain graphics cards but not others. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you might have a state-of-the-art gaming computer back mm -hmm. in the mid-90s and then find out that even though you have a state-of-the-art gaming computer, you still can't play certain games because they're not compatible with the the hardware you have. Um, That's when you shake your fist in the air and scream con. Yeah, we should also mention that effectively the video card industry is a duopoly. Mm -hmm. There are two companies that – that's essentially – that's who you go to. Yeah. There's NVIDIA. Yep. And there's AMD. Yeah. Also known as uh, ATI back in the day, but AMD uh, – Purchased uh, them. Acquired ATI. There are there are others. Uh, Intel makes some graphics cards, yeah. um, you know, and they're they're really others. But yeah, when when we're talking about this, uh, probably the listeners that uh, wanted us to talk about this would already know that uh, those two are the big players, yeah. Yeah, and they they're in a constant game of one-upsmanship. Yep. Uh, the fastest card I could find so far, at least as far as clock speed goes, not performance. Actually, as far as performance goes, it is not the fastest, but with clock speed, uh, is uh, uh, without overclocking, is uh, the AMD Radeon HD 7770 gigahertz edition, which it's uh, one gigahertz GPU. And um, uh, again, that's without overclocking. But uh, hey, that's not that fast. But yeah, when it when all it's doing when it's handling primarily graphics, having that dedicated processing power behind it. You know, it, uh, pretty, don't, don't sneeze at the one gigahertz. Yeah. Now, uh, again, through the testing, it would it did not perform at uh, the same level as some of the top of the line 
most expensive cards that are out there. Right. Uh, and part of that is just because, you know, the, again, it's, it's more than just the clock speed. We talked about that. So that's, that's kind of the, the roundup on graphics cards in general. Like we had said, they're being used to process information beyond just graphics because yeah. it's got this parallel processing capability. So you can use it for things that require lots of, uh, parallel, uh, computational problems, things that, you know, there's a lot of scientific and medical applications for that kind of technology. But the one that we talked about most recently is cryptography and cracking codes and using uh, parallel processing to run m- a brute force attack where you're just running lots and lots of variations on various uh, passwords to try and determine what the hashing algorithm is for a uh, for for a password site. Yeah. So the uh, unless the um, operating system is specifically assigning it tasks, you would have to have software that specifically directs information to the graphics card. And, yeah. Um, the the people but who are of that out there. Yeah, there there are programs that specifically tell the GPU to to go to work on these these problems. So, um, and it's not specific uh, specific enough. To where the hardware is, it's like, well, it's not a piece of graphics, so I can't do this. Right. You know, it, it's very capable of, of handling that. So. Yep. All right. So I think that wraps up this discussion on video cards. I hope that that was uh, that was satisfying to our listeners who were uh, asking us repeatedly to cover it. Uh, actually, you know, I sound like I'm I'm exhausted by it. I'm not. I really I like seeing enthusiasm from our listeners. That's very yeah. It's a good thing. So if you are enthusiastically interested in a particular topic and we have not covered it, or perhaps we covered it a long time ago and it's darn near time that we recover it, <laughs> let us know. Send us a message. You can send us an email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com or let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. See, guys, I told you we'd talk to you again really soon. That really soon is right now. I'm just reminding you that we have our photo upload widget live on the site at www.howstuffworks.com slash upgrade your tech. Toyota's giving us the chance to let you share your creativity. So send us those pictures of your modifications, your tech ideas, those gadgets that you've created, all those hacks. If you're steampunking everything in sight, put on your goggles and show that to us. We can't wait to see them. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?